Hello, I'm Derek, the DM of the World of Vala and Creative Director of Entertainment Stew. We would like to once again welcome you to Before the Roll, a new tabletop-centric podcast which allows us, the East 2 crew, a chance to analyze and break down the concepts that are presented and explored in our tabletop podcast, The World of Vala, as well as other tabletops in general. Join us weekly for philosophical discussions, character analysis, narrative construction, and much more. Today we have... Hey, it's me, Asia. I'm always here. And we have a special guest today. Anthony, a.k.a. Ain't Funny 18, a.k.a. Ant the DM. Uh, pleasure to be here with y'all. Amazing, amazing. We... Last last episode we had before the roll, um, it was under a different name, Inside the World of Vala, Behind the Roll, but we've set it on the name Before the Roll. Uh, last episode, we examined the creation of our own tabletop podcast and stuff that went into that. This week, we're interviewing someone. We're interviewing Anthony about their own experience with t- experiences with tabletop podcasts, as well as their DMing style in general. So, Anthony, before we begin, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am kind of the, uh, I would say, almost the quintessential nerd. I kind of like a little bit of everything nerdy. I like your sci-fi. I like your anime, your manga. Um, I like cartoons. Um, I like video games. um, And I love tabletop rpgs i've been playing tabletop rpgs for about 10 years now um and i have a discord server actually um that i started in uh september of 2019 um for black nerds to learn about and play D together it originally started with me um and three player characters that I was uh, DMing. And now we've expanded to a server that has about 65 people total. Um, uh, About 30 um, of those are actually active. Um, And we have about seven or eight uh, DMs or co-DMs on that server now. Um, So that's uh, a little bit about me and my RPG background. So, um, Anthony, that is honestly a really great track record. How did, but starting from like the beginning of your 10 years, mm-hmm. what kind of first drew you into tabletop RPGs? Um, I would have to thank my good friends at Troop 132. Um, that was the Boy Scout troop that I was a part of, my patrol. We hung out both in scouting meetings and outside of scouting meetings, and we're into all sorts of uh, nerdy stuff together. And they were the ones who introduced me to D&D. My uh, good friend, Jake Moore, was my first DM. Um, and back then, uh, this was 2010, uh, we used 3.5. Um, and so we had a couple adventures, um, in 3.5, um, and for most of them, uh, Jake was RDM. We occasionally would have some crazy nights, um, on sleepovers, um, and what have you, where we'd kind of have like a rotating, um, DM situation where like each of us would have our turn at trying, uh, one shots and whatnot. Um, and I will admit that back then, I had no idea what I was doing as a DM. I was absolutely terrible. I only ran one sort of one shot. um, And my friends kind of roasted me a little bit throughout it because like, I'll admit, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, But um, back then, one of the things I loved about 3.5 was the character building and the uh, just huge variety of character options. Um, and the min-max capabilities. Um, and so I was glad that Jake was DMing um, 95, we'll say, percent of the time, because uh, that <laughs> meant I got to play all sorts of really cool characters. Um, a Rogue was one of my first characters that, that I really enjoyed. He had the, of course, because I was a teenager at the time who was like 
whose favorite band was Linkin Park, uh, my rogue had to have an edgy um, backstory as rogues are wont to do. Um, but there were other characters that I also quite enjoyed, like the uh, Duskblade that I rolled up, which is sort of a, a Gish class, uh, a mix between melee fighting and spell casting that doesn't quite exist. In uh, 5e, the closest thing would be an Eldritch Knight, but what made the, the Duskblade special was that he could channel spells through his melee attack, so you'd like hit somebody with your longsword and then also cast Shocking Grasp through your sword as you hit them, which like an Eldritch Knight can't quite do um, in 5e. And so that was one, uh, another class that I really liked. But but 3.5 had all sorts of cool character building options and whatnot with the prestige classes um, and, and the different feats and flaws uh, available to characters. Um, and then um, as we continued to hang out and RPGs came out, Pathfinder, uh, was made available to us, so we played a couple games of that. Uh, I enjoyed playing a, an alchemist during uh, our games there because that class was just like so new to me, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is crazy! I've never seen a class that plays quite like this." So I, I want to try that out. Um, and then when 4E came out, we played uh, a little bit of 4E together. We kind of liked it, but like my personal feelings about 4e are that it makes the combat a bit too complicated and clunky um and also sort of flattens um the uniqueness of the classes and so they don't feel as special um as they do in say 3.5 or 5e um, and so I prefer those systems um, or Pathfinder to 4E, but we still like, you know, have fun playing together um, because we all uh, enjoyed RPGs. Um, and so um, in college, um, 5E was out. And so I had a couple of friends who wanted to play some 5E. So I grabbed some books and um, did a game where because it was only a couple of us, I also got to have a player character while DMing and I promised to keep my player or player knowledge separate from my DM knowledge and um, you know, kind of play to the back to let the actual players have the spotlight. I was just there to kind of, you know, right. report and make sure that combat was balanced and that they, you know, had more things available to them. Um, and that was a lot of fun that got me really familiar with 5e um and you know i continued to play 5e on and off as i moved from florida to indiana i would occasionally play um some 5e games with my roommates that i was living with um at the time and it would be a similar situation where i'd get a player character as well because it was just a couple of us um but i'd take a backseat so that the actual players could have a good time. Um, but as I got busier um, while I was living there, I got less time to play D&D and things. Um, and then when I uh, moved and I had more time available to myself, um, I had also been thinking about, you know, building a, a space for Black nerds to play D&D because I also had been, you know, wanting to play D&D myself, but also I feel like, I don't know, um, I feel like D&D isn't something that is particularly prevalent in the Black community, so I wanted, like, a space where anyone could come and, like, you know, learn and be a first-time player um, and get familiar with the game um, and learn how to play um, and, you know, be a part of it. And so to kind of keep it easy for myself i had i just decided that all player characters were automatically a part of this guild um we call it the xander guild um and that sort of makes it easy for them all to you know have reason to be on the same side um and as go on adventures together as the guild gets missions and whatnot um and it's been really interesting and coolers and one of those players had never played DD before wow uh, yeah um it was great um 
he goes by Smoke. Um, I'm not gonna drop his government name <laughs> like that. Um, but like, <clears throat> we like to kind of clown on him sometimes because he's kind of like the most hood of all of us. Like he he is the nigga with the gold fronts. Uh, and so he had never played D and D before, and it took him a little bit to get into RP and his character and stuff. But now he loves D and D, and it's so cool to see stuff like that. Like he will make characters sometimes before there are even campaigns available. I've seen this guy join, I think, half a dozen different games at this <laughs> point. Um, you got him hooked. Exactly. This is your fault. Exactly. You influence this. Exactly. You open the door for him. Exactly. And I I love to see that. And and so just as more people have kind of found out about the server and joined um it's been really cool to see and now actually we have um people running different sort of campaigns also on the server so it's not just like the xander guild stuff like one buddy of mine is running an anime campaign where he was like for player characters i want you to take your like anime fantasy if you could be an anime character make that in 5e if we need to homebrew a little something talk with me i will balance it out as the dm and we're gonna make it happen um and so he's running that on the server with um i think like eight or nine people um and so he he runs those at different sessions because running a single session with like more than six folks can get really chaotic in fact i would say more than five um gets a little crazy um, and we have um, another guy, his brother, actually, who's running a sort of like magical steampunky type universe um, that he's calling Terra Genesis um, on the server. That's really cool. That's got like, um, I think, four or five folk, uh, maybe up to half a dozen um, in that world right now. Um, that's been really cool to see. Um, and then another buddy who we all know from the server and stuff is running a campaign on a different server that he started, but we all still, you know, play together um, called the world of Valheim. That's um, this kind of horror-ish um, universe. Um, and so, Sorry, I'm not laughing at that. It's just so... <laughs> similar to the world of Vala? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, it's funny. I guess great minds think alike or whatever. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess that's kind of my now you have like a whole council yeah. of DMs oh, yeah. almost. Well, pretty much, yeah, because as um, you know, different folks are running different things, um, we've added DMs and stuff. And so on my server, because it's just like a community, we actually have like an insane number of channels. Cause like there's a welcome channel for when folks join the server for them to kind of get a heads up and know what's on because we have like die spots to do checks for us um and saving throws and also like kind of run the combat and initiative tracker there's a testing channel to to fuck around with the die spot there's a general channel for kind of general discussion um a scheduling channel um to figure out when to running games and stuff um right and and a bunch of other channels like a wall of death channel there's a whole folder of new player stuff uh, a whole miscellaneous folder with all kinds of stuff because folks like to talk about all sorts of different stuff so there's like a food channel for the foodies there's a, a we call it a hall of nerdism um or like <laughs> you know your nerdy topics about like anime or whatever there's a game time channel um for the right. gamers uh, there's a Black Excellence channel um, for, you know, all our Black Excellence type stuff. Um, there's something and, for a little bit of something for everyone. Exactly, so it's exactly. like you have this and it's not just D&D. &D, it's exactly. also doubling as kind of like a small community, a community hub. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, and we've included because a lot of folks like to kind of mess with character builds and character creations a whole fight club folder where <laughs> folks can kind of take characters that they've built and use the dice bot to kind of run simulated fights against each other or against monsters um because we have as kind of like battles. a test play exactly and just be like hey what would this character build 
actually look like in a combat. And so sometimes you'll have like a DM willing to be like, actually, I've been kind of wanting to balance an encounter of this sorts. Can I get four people in the fight club? And you might have someone who's been like, yeah, I've had this character concept that I want to try. This will be an excellent time to see how he plays out in a combat encounter at this level. Um, and so that's also cool as well. And then there's a whole secret, um, we call it DM land, a set of folders where uh, we as the DM have a whole series of chats, including notes, um, lore info, NPC bios, um, and oh, that's stuff cool. about geography um, and like what the, the map of the world uh, looks like with all sorts of different channels and stuff for ourselves. Um, so do you kind of do your own homebrew world? Um, Not like homebrew homebrew but like you don't just take it from like a certain campaign or anything yeah, have no. you guys like we, so kind of just yeah we are we are building our own world together it kind of started as me building the world from scratch but as more folks joined the game and we added Cody and stuff we've all started to work together um to build this world and so actually for example last week a couple of uh the bros on the channel put together a map working together based on the stuff that was in our geography and map info channel. Um, because like I said before, we're working together now uh, to build the world. Cause oftentimes when I'm running a campaign, what I like to do is I'll start the first adventure on a, off of a pre-made um, because over the years, I'm a, a subscriber to DMs Guild. Shout out to DMs Guild. Thank you so much for the adventures guys. <laughs> Um, and so just over the years, I've slowly just been buying and buying and buying a bunch of stuff. So I have adventures ready for kind of all sorts of levels. So when I'm starting a new campaign, oftentimes what I'll do is the first adventure will be off of pre-made. And then that gives me a little bit of time to flesh out the world a little bit. Um, and that's how I started this server. Um, and so... By the time I was adding CoDMs, I had written a good bit of the world already and had um, a lot of NPCs and their backgrounds and stuff kind of imagined out. Um, and then they had ideas, um, and we've kind of been able to brainstorm off each other. Um, and and the characters have affected the world as well. One of um, that's my the, favorite uh, aspect of role playing. Oh no, it's it's incredible. So like, I just had the um, city-state where the guild was headquarters and two of the different codiums came up with two different countries that kind of surrounded the city-state um and so one of the codiums had this idea okay these guys have kind of been at war i will give a couple of the player characters the chance to like do a sort of diplomacy mission let's see how some peace talks go um and the peace talks were going all right until one of the queen's daughters was kidnapped um, they were able to retrieve the princess, but at the very end, one of the player characters accused the um, speaker from Slearmont, who was the arbiter of the peace talks, of some treachery, which aroused suspicion from the queen of the one of the countries, the one whose daughter was kidnapped. And thus, now in the world, um, things aren't so sweet because of that. And so the the two co-DMs helped come up with the countries for the world, and then the players had a huge impact on the world off that one interaction, which I kind of love to see uh, because you have the co-DMs and the players building and affecting the world together there. Right. Has your DMing style always been like this communal, or is it... Oh, no. Has there been not. like... <laughs> no? How was it before you, like, what's the difference between being able to kind of make all these decisions on your own shoulders and decide all this stuff for yourself? Like the difference in a level of control or even just like responsibility. Cause like you said, that those are like two whole countries and politics and like stuff that you didn't have to come up with by yourself. So kind of like, how was the transition? And after experiencing both, what do you prefer? Well, I used to, like, I wouldn't say quite railroad my players, but I would be like, 
these are the encounters that are going to happen, and this is where I'm going to steer them. Um, but as we kind of added more players, um, I decided to kind of just like, let's, well, not just as we added more players, as I played with my players, it was kind of like, no matter how much I plan for something, they are going to do something I cannot expect and cannot plan for, and they will always catch me off guard. Um, so I learned <laughs> to kind of like stop trying to do that so much and just see how they will affect the world. And so just kind of try to build out the world more so that like when the players do things in the world, I know how the world responds to it. And that has made me favor this collaborative style because since we're all collaborating, you have folks writing pretty detailed information. Like for example, in the geography, you'll have folks writing, oh, about this country and this is the terrain and this is what the people are like and the culture is like. Um, so if you have characters say have a mission there, you have a pretty good idea of how when they interact in the world, how the world is reacting back. And I much prefer that to, to trying to railroad um, players. And so it's been really cool to, to open up the world and collaborate with folks um, and see how folks interact with it and stuff. And so, like I mentioned before, we have the NPC bios channel where like, we'll write background information and backstories about um, NPCs that we have so other DMs can like use them. And because we sometimes will listen in, even in the games we're not involved in, <laughs> um, you have an idea of like what that character is like and how they would respond to different things. Um, and it's actually one of my favorite things is to see the voice channel in a campaign that only has four players filled with almost a dozen people just listening in because like the story that's being told is so interesting. Um, and on top of that, it's like you helped create this even if you weren't directly in the game. Yeah, exactly. It's like seeing one of your I kids mean, go off and it's just like, ooh, what are you going to do with this? How are you going to handle oh. it? And then it's always going to be so different than like what you expected because everyone works by a different log logic. Exactly. And, and, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna call out some of my folks here not not directly <laughs> but y'all know who you are um but also sometimes it's like how how are they gonna mess up the world this time for us oh gosh <laughs> they're in this city that we need for something or another i wonder if they these folk are gonna how badly are they gonna screw this up for the guild and so sometimes it's like because you may have affected the world in x way um, it's like, but how are my guildmates gonna be affecting it? Wow. And so it's like, I don't know. It's really, it's really cool. Um, and we Anthony. got folks. Yes. Oh, sorry. No, I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> oh no, no. I would have to say, please. Um, I'm reeling over here because everything you're saying, first off, the idea of cold DMing is like an idea that has blown my mind. And it's just like, wow, that just makes everything so much easier. Yes, absolutely. Because um, we had the bright idea to, um, first off, we started with a homebrew of 5e. And then we decided we didn't like the rules of 5e. So we just <laughs> created our own RPG system. And oh, then I was sure. just like, yeah, let's take this not completely fleshed out world that I created in high school and then expand on that for the thing. But so far, everything from the history to the lore all comes from one person. Mm -hmm. And it's overwhelming. I, I agree. Absolutely. And that was part of it because, like, like, it got to the point to where I, by myself, was trying to DM, like, four different groups of four-player characters. And I was like writing this much of the world i like like i don't i have the time and ability to do it by myself i need help um and some of these folks know the system really well or have been wanting to and expressed interest in hopping into the dm chair and so this is an, a, cha a chance to sort of give them that experience um 
And so that's kind of how that came about. And honestly, I absolutely love it. Cause like, as like, as much as I love building the world, it's really cool to see what other folks come up with. And when we get to talking, cause sometimes we'll have like DM meetings in our secret voice channel and seeing the way that <laughs> folks ideas play off of each other sometimes. Um, and how that ends up developing in the world and then the players interacting with that is just so cool. And I'm like, like as, as cool as I think I am and as brilliant as I think I am, some of the times I'm like, I would never come up with this and this is this is freaking awesome. Um, and and, and, put, and oh, it lets sorry. me um, save a lot of time because like, for example, I've, I've had a couple of co-DMs running a bunch of missions kind of taking place all over the world recently, which has allowed me to kind of like take a step back from the DM chair or get the chance to play a character every once in a while. So I'm not a hashtag forever DM, um, which has been really neat as well. And sorry for cutting you off, Asia. What were you saying? <laughs> oh, no, you're good. I, I admire your passion. I was just going to ask really quickly. You have all these campaigns taking place like all across like within the same world how do you there's no like basically reset is there it sounds like this has just been like everything builds off of something else even if it's happening across like campaigns with different people is that correct is that how y'all are doing it yep that's correct there's not really resets we have a sort of like world information and uh lore channel so as folks do things that affect the world, we can post information and updates um, and whatnot about it. Um, but yeah, how long has this been in the running for? Like how how much like in real time like of information do you have building on from like kind of the inception of this like collaborative project to where you're at now? I mean, so recently we had one of our <clears throat> quote unquote DM meetings um, where we tried to kind of get the timeline right because a lot of missions had been run um, with different player characters that take place over different time intervals. Um, right. And these were a couple of months of stuff that we we caught on recently. I would not be able to give you an exact timeline but i would say that like probably since maybe february or march we had, wow. had um yeah just a lot of different stuff going on um and we've like i said recently kind of talked and figured out the timeline um and are kind of gonna get everybody caught up um to the quote-unquote print soon um, and then go from there again. Um, and and we also actually plan on, since we've, you know, started building the world and a lot of players have been seeing a lot of recurring NPCs and things, um, doing some flashback missions in the world. Because, like, for example, they know a little bit about the Big Bad and a, a war that happened uh, a number of decades ago. And so we, we plan on having some co-DMs run some one shots um or or mini adventures um with maybe some pre-generated characters including some of the npcs um including um a lot of their backstories and stuff on those sheets so that you know the players who get the pre-generated sheets know how to rp them and whatnot plus since they've interacted right. with them before they know generally their demeanor and how they'd respond to different situations um which is something my players have shown interest in and in something we're kind of excited to get started on that's nice like um how much that makes me wonder how much y'all lean into the kind of like storytelling rp rping aspect of it um it is definitely a split mix um you have some players who like the rp and the combat a bit balanced you have some folks who love the RP and don't care as much for the combat. And you have some of the folks who are like, I'm here for the fight. When's the combat encounter? Um, 
like and and so you don't have one i will create one thank you yeah no for real we have the folks like that where it's like this wasn't supposed to be a combat encounter but i guess you built a combat character so here we are roll for initiative please Um, (laughs) everyone else uh i don't know survive (laughs) yeah um no for real it'd be like that sometimes these 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 guys are wild um and so I would say it's a fair mix of that, both in terms of like player characters and DMing styles. Um, I would say in the early days, um, I leaned heavily on combat just because I knew that was what a lot of my players were interested in. And um, I wanted to keep their attention a little bit with some of that. Um, But it has helped ease them, I feel like, into some of the RP stuff, especially because I feel like you can still RP during combat and what i've taken to do recently is like in our initiative tracker let's say like we're in a combat encounter with four bandits um our initiative tracker lets me add the name to them so instead of it being like oh you're fighting bandit one now you're fighting todd um (laughs) which for player characters like i don't know makes them just automatically more invested in it because you you didn't you didn't take you took 12 damage from todd so now you actually kind of hate todd um and so the rp just comes out from that um and the vendetta against todd has begun exactly um and i i I love seeing the stuff like that there was one (laughs) combat encounter recently in a fight with a whole group uh of bandits and there was this one guy uh this one stupid bandit dennis who was having the, the the roughest time, and one of the player characters saw that he was kind of sucking ass, um, and he was just like, "Go home, Dennis. Dennis, <laughs> go home. We're kicking all of your friends' asses, Dennis. Dennis, just go home." Um, and Dennis eventually did have to go home because he he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, <laughs> That's a different kind of disrespect, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, and so. That has helped encourage a bit more RP. And as we have I've added more co-DMs, um, we've been kind of in discussions and we want to encourage more of the RP stuff. Um, and we've had discussions on actually how to reduce metagaming and whatnot because we you know, want players to play their characters um, more and have talked about how to like, you know, include personal hooks for um, characters to include, uh, rather not include, encourage them to uh, RP more. For example, one of my co-DMs recently told me about how um, one player character on a mission pulled a card from the deck of many things and now has a, I believe, a devil (laughs) hunting her. Um, And it's kind of a like, nobody can kill you but me situation um and so that's going to be interesting to see um and that's a kind of thing that will definitely like influence her character story going forward i have another character who on a um mission recently died um and had a meeting with death when they died uh because they were a uh way of the long death monk um who had kind of admired death um right and they ended up um meeting with death and resurrecting upon stabilizing um as a new with a new level in death cleric um wow and which which is really interesting for their characters story now um and whatnot because they were you know a long death monk who now has this level in death cleric and has met death personally and will now be serving death um <laughs> and so you know playing on, and, and that ties in directly with like characters backstory and stuff so playing off you know characters backstories tying them into the world um, it just adds different uh, levels exactly um it's really cool we have one guy who's kind of like Harry Potter. They know that like <laughs> this necromancer um who 
was powerful enough to wage war against countries by himself with his undead armies and stuff um is coming back because he like touched this guy and he has a scar and sometimes he has crazy visions uh, <laughs> I, I love it. so um <laughs> and so like yeah on the last mission he was on there like on a boat ride and he just like suddenly has this vision and he's like oh no we gotta worry about this other thing as well um which in, you know i feel like encourages more rp and stuff um right. and so while initially quite combat focused i feel like we have transitioned into a more balanced um kind of style because we still run quite dope combat encounters i feel and shout out to all of my co dms on that i see you i know you just got finished shouting out uh but and i i don't want to start anything but is there any like we've been talking a lot about how this kind of and i think the like tabletop rpgs are a really great place for it, but kind of like this communal storytelling, just, in, I mean, that's what tabletop RPGs are in general, but you get it. In general, yeah. But like how this new level of communal storytelling can just like enhance things so much more. But is there any point where you feel the drawbacks of it? Where you're like, oh, where you, like, I don't know, for example, you see someone going in a direction that not only did you not expect, but you were just kind of like, oh, I'd rather go this direction. Or just like, is there any moment where it feels like, not like it's going wrong, but where you're just like, ah, yes, so many pros. And now here are the cons. <laughs> I don't know that I would say there are cons that I could think of. I mean, there are the occasional mission or session where, like, you'll have one player who may be kind of bringing the team down with their attitude, but I don't feel like that is a problem particular to our style of playing RPGs, right. because that can happen at any table. Um, and so, no, nah, I wouldn't say, because, like, I try not to get too attached to anything, and, like, Yes, do I get a little sad or bummed if, like, players absolutely ruin relations with the guild in a certain, like, town or area or something? Yes, absolutely. Um, but I also try not to get too attached, and I'm like, I mean, Anthony, what did you expect? You've seen these guys do the craziest stuff before, so of course they would, like, kidnap the mayor of the town of whatever it is <laughs> and, and threaten to torture him. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> so it's not so much disappointment as just a, a really heavy sigh and a shifting yeah, of expectations. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm just, and, and a lot of uh, the Codiums have this kind of philosophy as well. I'm just kind of here to see how the world reacts to y'all craziness. So I guess if you're kidnapping the mayor, you're kidnapping the mayor and we'll see what goes from here. Oh, you got him before he called the guard, which is great. Uh, other cases, it's like, oh, the guards came and they're a tougher CR than you expected. Um, what does your death save look like? <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys decide what, like, gets to go and, like, kind of... Do you guys have a world book? Like, you guys have a thing, I mean, but is I there any... I mean, we have a world book, but we have, like, a couple of different channels with right. information about the world. And, like, in different DM meetings, we have discussed things about the world, and all of us are nerds. And I feel like... Like, nerds are really good at having this sort of weird encyclopedic knowledge, almost, of worlds. Like, if you're, like, a Harry Potter fan, you just know weird stuff about the Harry Potter world because that's your thing. And so those of us who are kind of into this world, um, it's like, yeah, like, my brain is just keeping track of it um, when we talk about it and if I need to reference the stuff it's posted and the really really important stuff is pinned um I love that discord um allows for the like creation of different channels and the tracking of different stuff is just really great um and I don't know that this would be possible without something like discord so shout out to discord and all the devs there <laughs> <laughs> shout out 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Discord. Do you yeah. think that there's because there's just like the sheer amount of work and kind of like it feels like dedication that's gone into a project of this level? Do you think that you guys are ever gonna kind of like consolidate this either for just like yourselves or just to be like, hey, this is part of something, this is something that we were part of, this is something we built, and I just want everything in the same place. I mean, I feel like we kind of do that already. Like I said before, our most recent DM meeting involved us kind of figuring out the timeline and getting working to get everything up to quote unquote the um, and also at, just because like me personally, I enjoy writing. I've written a little bit about adventures and stuff that have happened so far. And so I think at some point, when I like actually sit down and take the time, um, I will perhaps put together kind of like almost the story so far um, of everything that has happened um, George R.R. R. Martin style. <laughs> um, but that'll be like, you know, a really big long-term project um, when I when I have a lot of time set aside to get to that. And I have all of them running games so I can focus on writing everything. <laughs> so what you're saying is when we see this on HBO, you heard it here first. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> it, it's Xander Guild, those adventures. Uh, Xander Guild Adventures. That's You heard it here first, guys. And we got first dibs on that interview. So boom. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and shout out to all my co-DMs for helping build this world because y'all are geniuses you come up with shit that i would never be able to come up with on my own and y'all tell incredible stories it's so cool to listen in um especially since all our players are crazy af um i only have like one last question for you on my side um yeah you (laughs) you started this with like your basic personal history journey and i love that what is something that you and you say that your um discord is a great place for like new players and new dms to start so what is your just like after all these years of experience and just like good times you have what is something that you would impart on people who are like just getting started or have been playing and maybe aren't like quite sure of themselves stepping into the dm world if that makes sense that does make sense i would say if you're a new dm uh stepping into the dm world first of all you're probably gonna be nervous and that's fine everybody's nervous i've literally heard sessions where like I'm listening in and like the DM will straight up say, give me a second guys, I have to calm my nerves uh, before I go forward with the rest of the session. And so if you're nervous, that's totally fine. Um, Second, be prepared for your players to do anything. They will always (laughs) surprise you. Um, And so I would like not be too attached to any particular plan um because you can never anticipate the ingenuity um of your player characters um and also um i would say as long as your players have fun at your table you're doing a good job um so don't don't stress the small stuff too much it it's okay if your your story isn't executed um, as perfectly as you planned, because if your players are having fun, then you did a great job. Um, But also, it's important for the DM to be having fun too, Um, because you you matter just as much as your players do. Um, And that's my advice for you starting DMs out there. I love it. Thank you, Anthony. Very welcome. I I very much enjoyed this talk, Anthony. Um, simply because one, uh, it may, it makes me wish that I could have gotten you for our, uh, tabletop documentary that we did like two years oh, back What in the world. I would have loved to have been a part of that. Derek next, uh, tabletop 
documentary you're doing, please include me. I will. I, see, the thing is, I think I have an idea of how to do uh, another tabletop documentary, right? Because you brought up something that was really interesting to me, and it's something that got me into tabletop, and that's the unique storytelling opportunities that come with this scenario, right? If I write a book, if I write a script, if I um, work on a film, the story is going to happen exactly the way I wrote it to be, right? I could write a good story. I could write a terrible story. But the the coolest aspect about tabletop role-playing for me is that the DM kind of becomes, at least the type of DM that I am, I kind of become a prince of chaos where... <laughs> It's just like I set up the dominoes where they can fall, but if the players don't take that, it takes the story in a whole new direction that yep, I never absolutely. saw going, but it's created a unique story that I wouldn't have written on first, like, watch. Yeah, and I absolutely love that. Like, for my um, bunch of goofballs, <laughs> thank you <laughs> the the literally our third session because since since we run it as a podcast all the sessions we do it's just a podcast episode so our third session um they killed what was supposed to be their big bad oh wow whoa he shouldn't have come at us that's all i'm saying he should have come at us <laughs> and then i was i was like oh okay so they weren't supposed to die um gotta end the episode and that's just been the constant thread throughout this entire experience that we've been doing this podcast overall time within the world only six only around six or seven months have passed mm -hmm. but the world is nigh unrecognizable yeah <laughs> and it, that's only because I allowed my players to make the decisions they wanted to make. Um, it's like your world reminds me so much of the world of Valor where it's just like, yeah, your choices matter. Your choices build upon other choices that NPCs make, that other players make. And it creates this kind of web of intrigue that everyone constantly has to go through. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because you end up with a story that I don't think anybody could expect or have come up with on their own. And I feel like this part of what makes the tabletop RPG experience so fun, especially for the players, is getting to see the impact that they can have um, on the world. It ends up being like so much more than the sum of its parts. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So... This has been a great interview. But before we leave for today, um, we have a few questions from last week's episode. Um, we're only gonna, we only have time to go through around three of them. So, so from I am the peel. Insightful conversation. What's important to you when you're designing a tabletop? Do you care about rules or narrative? Like, are you playing a tabletop game or do you just want to tell a story? For me personally, it is a definite balance of both. Because, like, I would not describe myself as a rules lawyer, but I tell my players and my co-DMs that I love the rules of the game. I think that the balance is there to make things fair, both for the players and the DM. It keeps the DM from being able to just like, I don't know, kind of be crappy and like just outright kill players for no reason. Um, and it keeps players from just like BSing their way through situations. Um, and so, when we homebrew stuff, um, particularly in the Xander Guild world, um, we, especially as the co-DMs, will try to like make sure that it is balanced to match the rules as closely as possible. 
Um, but also, I'm a big fan of the rule of cool for all you uh, TV tropes fans out there. <laughs> um, and if something is like cool enough, I'm like, we will we will find a way to make that work. That's awesome. Like I had one player who's a um, fire genasi, and fire genasis have this ability to use produce flame. Uh, produce flame, you're supposed to use it as a range spell attack and it does uh however much damage it it does um but he wanted to use it kind of as a punch and i was like well i mean that's absolutely cool so yes we'll just like make you able to do it with melee damage instead of ranged um and if you want to like figure out other ways to utilize that we'll we'll figure it out because that's just awesome um, he wanted to, for all you My Hero Academia fans out there, have an Endeavor moment with one enemy, because Fire Genasis also got the ability to use Burning Hands, where he wanted to make a grapple check um, against the guy to, like, grab him and then use Burning Hands to kind of, like, blast his face off the way Endeavor did Nomu. Um, oh, shoot. And I was like, yeah, I'll give you some, like, bonus damage or something if you make the grapple check, because that's just way too cool. <laughs> it's too cool for opportunity to pass out. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I would say that, like, yeah, I try to balance the narrative with the rules, because, um, like, I want players to have those really cool, awesome moments, but I want everything to be balanced. Right. I, I think I'm also of a similar mind to that. Um, um, I prefer narrative over um, anything else, but I feel like if I just prefer narrative, I should just write a I should just write a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's just like the rules are kind of what establishes the parameters of what you can and cannot do yeah. in the world. Exactly. Which is why I like really like rules and like for example if like there is a game mechanic that like a special class or subclass gets and a player wants to do something even if it's cool i probably won't give it them like for example to trip an opponent battle masters the uh subclass of fighter in 5e have trip attack as a maneuver um, so if a player's like, oh, I want to take my longsword and, like, leg sweep this guy to try to trip him, I'm like, mm, I'm sorry. As cool as that would be, I probably won't give you that because you're not a battle master with that maneuver. Um, though I've heard of this mechanic called called shots. It's an optional rule, I'm told. I don't use it, but I know a couple of my other co-DMs use it. Um, but I tell all my players... That's not something I do. You might use it in other games, but at my table, that's not how we do it. <laughs> so the next question, um, Lord of Lazy, same. I love the idea of this show. Do you do you hope to get other taped tabletop creators on this mm. podcast? And would you mind doing other podcasts within your world? Um, in regards to the first part of that question, do you hope to get other tabletop creators on the podcast? Uh? <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith gestures. Mm. <laughs> um, and would I mind doing other podcasts within the world of Ala? Um, potentially. Um, the reason... Uh, no, the reason it was called the World of Allo is because I wanted to run a number of different um, groups within the world just to show that, hey, this world is big. All all the NPCs have a life outside of all of you. The world is constantly moving without you. And the only way that you truly see that is if you have like a ton of groups on different parts of the world. Um, we didn't have enough players for that. Well, hey, um, Derek, I have a server full of <laughs> black nerds who love RPGs 
And if you are looking for players, I bet if you're like, hey, I'm running game at these times, you will find at least three to four folks to run game with. Um, so I encourage you, you have the link to the server. I believe you actually, I know you've already joined. Um, <laughs> so reach out. You'll have, uh, I promise you, you will have people willing to play. I swear somebody posted in uh, the game scheduling channel like yesterday. They've got a D&D &D itch that they need to scratch. Um, and so, yeah, take, take advantage of that. I, I, and, and I, I honestly, I would love to see how you manage some of these crazy folk, um, <laughs> in, in your game and in your world. I'm sorry if they, they break your world, but I guess you're used to that since in the third session, you said they killed the, uh, big bad evil guy. So yeah, reach out and, uh, you'll have loads of players to fill out the world and make the world of Vala all of your hopes and dreams, I hope. Oh, man. I, I hope they're able to stick with the fact that uh, while on the surface, it seems like we run a 5e homebrew. Um, it's not. The further we get into it, it's just like, oh, this is just... This is just whatever you want it to be. Uh, we we have, I even had to like make a player hands book that that actually has got that came in the mail um because our rules are just so different i'm Amazing. waiting can for you, the can you send me a picture of that please yeah of course i'm waiting for the moment where like because we're we were pretty or i say we but uh mostly derek i had my hand in some of this we were pretty early in our like tabletop career making this so i'm literally waiting for the moment when we find out that everything we have is like part-time broken and someone's gonna take advantage of that i mean okay here's the thing my players are really good i can't even say my players because like the players on my server are really good at that kind of stuff they're like min max maniacs and so if there is some sort of loophole that can be exploited in your rule system somebody's gonna figure it out um soon enough and just build a character that is insane and maddening um and honestly i look forward to seeing it because it helps us like especially like um when we have our dm meetings and stuff kind of figure out how to balance the homebrew stuff that we have um and we have had intense um discussions sometimes that last on occasion hours long um <laughs> discussing the balance of homebrew things because perhaps a dm such as myself um <laughs> is too generous on something and then too harsh <laughs> on the penalty um, when they try to like rebalance it and it leads to like just really long kind of debates and arguments but um i don't know it's really interesting so i hope that like you ask for some players and they will help you finesse your um your your system um and balance it out a little bit more i promise you a anthony th there's no death saving throws in the in, what? in the world what what do you just die? You You're just either die. good you just or die. you die. <laughs> what? <laughs> How does that work? So like, wait, so if you get reduced to zero, you're dead? You're, you're dead. just dead. So never get reduced to zero. Never yeah, get reduced much. to and zero. And never lose all of oh, your yeah. magic points. Oh, wait. Oh, yes, we don't, have we don't have saves. We don't have spell slots. Oh, we, okay. have we have a mana pool. Oh my God. This is going to drive some folks mad because like, Yo, all right, I'm not going to call him out by name, but if you're listening, <laughs> bro, you know who you are. Your social also, security number is. <laughs> he sometimes be like, just throwing the rule book out the window for 5e, and it drives a couple of us fucking crazy. <laughs> because it's like, the rules exist to balance things. You can't just, like, ignore <laughs> it for just because. Um, but if you have an actual rule book that explains this, I feel like if people can peep it, they'll be able to adjust to it. Do you happen to have a PDF or anything of this? I do. Oh, okay. 
Um, one, please send me the PDF, but also if you like legit are looking for players, please drop a PDF in the uh, hashtag game scheduling channel and just be like, hey guys, what do you think of this system? It's so funny. I oh. ain't funny. Oh, one other thing that that typically stops people. Um, uh, we the only race that we have in common with, uh, like traditional. D &D, yeah, traditional is humans. Every yeah. other race is a new race. That's very interesting. Wait, do variant humans exist in your world? Uh, in a sense. Oh goodness what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> we a lot of our early listeners hated us because like we we were just like yeah we're a, <laughs> we're a D, D podcast they're like wait a minute what this is this D &D. so i see i asked for D, D, and you've given me something else entirely i don't want this <laughs> okay so final question um Asia, it's a question that we get all the time. Of course. Uh, from Tihanu. So I see the podcast is more for the people who want to talk about systems and stuff for an RPG world. That being said, what do you do for romance in the world of Valor? You know what? We get romance questions all the time, but I literally never get sick of them. Honestly. Um, so... Anthony, when when I was creating the rules for the world of Ala, um, uh, we we are four seasons in. Um, we don't start following like these concrete rules until like season three. Oh my goodness, I'm not gonna lie to you, Derek. That would be maddening to me because, like I said, I love the rules. Like, are you familiar with um, Doctor Stone? Yes. Rules are rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And romance has been a thing that our fans have been wanting us to because the thing is, since it's a living world, I like I've always said that yeah, romance can exist in the world of Allah. Um, I would role play romance with my players. Mm -hmm. The problem is, uh, as I try to sit down and write a rule set for romance i just couldn't come up with one because the way that i play the npcs is that i kind of just i every named MC, npc i have a backstory for i have what they like and what they dislike and so i embody that character yeah and if i if i'm not gonna like if me as that character isn't gonna like fall in love with someone it's it's just not gonna happen no that makes sense to me so in our world, I actually like, I kind of love how this is played out, especially because we have different people DMing and whatnot. Um, romance plays out in interesting sort of ways. Like there have been PCs who have been playing with DMs who like end up flirting with NPCs and are able to establish a sort of flirty rapport um and then there have been other pcs who have played with dms who are even able to bed um some npcs um and how that plays out is has been interesting and whatnot um and actually i don't know which of my co-dms added this but they have our our die spot we it's called avray shout out to avray shout out to the avray dev team you guys are amazing <laughs> i love your die spot um for real it's so good thank you so much um there is a sort of like it's an, like a, a thing that'll like roll for pregnancy in, wow. in case like a, a character is actually able to like bet an npc uh which is amazing and i guess they've used it a couple of times um i haven't had to use it with any of my characters uh when i'm running sessions um but I guess some of the other uh, co-DMs have had to use it. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of interesting to see how it plays out with different DMs and different 
player characters uh, because sometimes it's just a flirty rapport and other times NPCs may end up in love with the player character. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite funny to see. Ah, this has been great. We we've reached the hour mark, so I'm um, contractually contractually obligated to end the episode. Well, this has been um, an absolute blast for me. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, please invite me back uh, because I I love conversing with you guys, and it is an honor and a privilege to be here. We oh, we love having you, Anthony. Mm hmm. So, um, put if if what you're listening to this podcast on has a comment section, um, put a comment. Uh, follow us on social media, um, Entertainment Sue at everything. Um, listen to our other podcasts. Uh, Anthony, how would someone join the? the discord group that you're a part of if if you are a black nerd and you want to join our blurred dnd server but like i've mentioned before we do more than dnd there we've got like folks who link up to play video games together um recently one of my co-dms put together a uh brawlhalla tournament brawlhalla is this kind of like sort of smash bros clone um, for those of you who are interested in that type of stuff, I know folks who play Call of Duty together and whatnot as well off of it. Um, and if you're like a, a black nerd looking for folks to, to, to hang out with and bond with, or if you want to learn D&D and play some D&D, you can hit me up on Discord. I'm AintFunny18, hashtag 9391. Send me a message and I will DM you a link to our server um or you can uh message derek um if you if you know derek and he can probably hook you up because he's a part of our server um would you say this is a more 18 plus server or is it kind of all ages thing i would definitely say it's an 18 plus server um because yeah Every, everyone here is adults, um, so for sure, for sure, 18 plus. I'm not sure we're ready for, for the youngins. <laughs> my, 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 my folk can't help themselves sometimes. I love you. I love y'all, but y'all wild. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like that sometimes. No, it'd be like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well... Thanks again, Anthony. You had like so much to add to this conversation and it was a pleasure talking with you. Well, no, thank you guys for having me. Um, Derek, I'm gonna try to get you to even pick up some players off my server for World of Vala or try to rope you into running game in the uh, world of the Xander Guild. Um, but thank you guys for having me. Um, if you ever are looking for like a guest star in World of Valor, like if you need an extra PC for something, I am always happy and ready to roll up a player character. Um, and I just love hanging out with you guys because y'all are some of my favorite human beings. So thank you for having me and it's been a pleasure. Oh, shucks. We have your resume on file. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, bye everyone. Bye.